You're listening to Go 10 Lisa Podcast with Lisa Waldron, where you hear 10 episodes per season, where each episode is dedicated to something that can uplift you and make you want to go share with your friends. Are you ready for today's episode? All right, well, get ready. Go get your headphones. Get set. Are you seated comfortably? Go! Here we go in today's episode. Happy Friday, everyone. Happy, happy Friday. It is Friday, February 21st. And um, today's episode is going to be a touchy one, um, but an interesting one as well. And I wanted to touch on the subject of job referrals. And the reason why I wanted to touch about, touch, talk, touch, talk, whatever, talk about this subject is because, um, something happened in my family like a couple of weeks ago with, um, one of my cousins and I where, um, and I'll jump right in and tell you about it. And I just want your honest opinion, like how would you have handled the situation? And so, you know, because I'm all about sharing and I'm all about, you know, sharing to the point that you guys learn something from it or, you know, or I'm relinquishing or releasing um, some of that energy as well. And that's the only way that we learn, folks, is that we learn from each other, you know, and grow from it as well. And sometimes when you're going through something and just talking about it or journaling, journaling in it, <laughs> talking about it also, you kind of like um, see it from a different perspective as of as of well. I've, I've turned this around in my head um, and I'll just jump right in, right? So where should I start? So I think I will start with when I was younger. When I was younger, let's say around 14 years old is when I first started working. The jobs that I got when I was younger was actually from a family member, meaning that they were so good at networking and knowing people and, you know, just really, really good at networking. And, um, So in my teenage years, I would say the jobs that I got was actually from one of my aunts that um, referred me or mentioned my name in regards to me getting a job. But at the end of the day, even though she made the referral as far as speaking to that person or that person may have said, oh, do you know of anyone? And, you know, she said my name, I still had to go through the interview process. I still had to, you know, showcase what I can do. Nobody's going to take your word for it. Like, oh, I know Lisa and I know Jack and Jill and whoever and say, oh, that'd be a great fit. And then you as the employer is not going to turn around and see for yourself if that person is a right fit by doing an interview 
or you know just asking questions or whatever your process may be right so i bring all of that up you know from the past to say that yes my first two jobs started off with my aunt making the recommendation but i still had to showcase myself even though one of them was my first job and not only did I showcase it, I knocked it out the park where I did the work and then I formed those relationships. You know what I mean? So then I got to build up myself and my work relationships as well, right? So that is the beginning of my career at 14 years old. Working in a, I think I've said it before, but I worked for, um, uh, he's now a congressman and worked for a congressman's wife who ran a school in New York. You probably know who I'm talking about. And um, I worked in their office, you know what I mean? And that's a whole nother story. But <laughs> the bottom line is that, and then afterwards, the jobs that I got after that, the second one was also the same aunt referral. But then after that, I was on my own. I was now in my early 20s. And did I have a job in between then? Even in college, when I was doing um, internships and jobs on the campus and stuff like that, I did it on my own at that point. You know what I mean? And I understand that when you're helping someone out, it's like helping them because they don't know, and especially a young adult, they don't know anything about the work field, the workforce, or anything like that. So I can see a lot of parents and relatives helping at that stage and point of a person's life, right? But what happens when you become an adult? When does that stop or does that ever stop? So what happened a couple of weeks ago was that um, I do have a cousin and this particular cousin is a single father and how can I put this? Um, It's more like this, you know, it's just amazing how you don't realize how old people are because you still think of them as a young person or a baby or whatever the case may be. But this particular cousin I knew from a baby. (laughs) And um, anyway, a lot of my cousins I know as a baby. (laughs) But um, the bottom line is that he just had a rough um, go at things. And what people don't realize is that um, you know sometimes when you're young and you think you know it all, And my son is 22 years old, right? And my son is still in that know-it-all stage. And it's kind of like an irritating stage right now. And it's like, you know, but I don't even think it's a stage. I just think it's, I keep saying it, like I think it's the, what what do they call now? Like the generation XYZ and I don't even know, you know, generations after me. I just think it's their um mentality to feel a little bit entitled all of them. All of them think that we don't know anything, that generations before them don't know anything. 
uh, millennials, that's what they're also called, called. Um, and they think that um, they can do things better. But you know what? Every generation is going to fail that. Like they can do better than the previous generations. And so be it. I mean, that is going to be the case. The more and more generations, they're going to get smarter and faster of doing things or whatever. But you still don't discount or disregard the older ways of doing some things. You know what I mean? Some things. And um, so I bring that up to say that, um, you know, that the choices that people make in their life, I feel are their own choices, just like my decisions are my decisions and only I alone can live with them. And at some point, you're going to have to say to yourself, I want better. And you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I don't know what what the situation was, but I was thinking about it like the beginning of like um the beginning of the year, 2020. And I don't know if someone had said something to me or we were in a conversation or something, and the bottom line is that someone said when did you know that you wanted better? Or maybe it was some documentary or something I was listening to. I, I can't remember. But, and then I had to search my memory banks to say, when did I, Lisa, know that I wanted better? I think I knew I wanted to, from a very early age, I wanted better. I knew, I know, knew and know. I know I am destined for greater things. I know that I am meant meant to be a billionaire. I know that. I do honestly know that. I've always said I am royalty. I always feel that I am. I always feel that I am. And I know that I am. Um, So somewhere along the line, I know what my dreams and aspirations are. And I say that to say that at some point in your life, you're going to have to let go of all this egotistical and BS talk and put your actions to where your mouth is. So that being said, I've been saying that being said in the bottom line a lot in this episode. <laughs> I'm just going to say that being said again. It's like, here you are. Uh, a young man in your 30s have a couple of kids living at home with your mother and don't really have a car or a job or anything, right? Had jobs in the past, but for some reason or another lost the jobs either because got into a physical altercation or felt some kind of way about somebody and then left. But I think the longest job he had was probably a year and a half or something like that. And then had a job where the company just phased out. But it's not like corporate America jobs and it's more like warehouse kind of jobs and everything like that. And the reason why I'm being so open and honest about this is not to shame anybody 
or put anybody down, but to shed some light into what the situation is and just be straight up honest, right? Because we have or know someone that are in similar situations and the way the economy is going right now and the way a lot of companies are going right now with layoffs or downsizing or firing or whatever the case may be, people find themselves in the same boat, same situations or probably worse, right? So, you know, God forbid, but it's like, and when I look at situations like that, I I look at things differently, guys. I look at it like, here it is that this man is feeling some kind of way because he's living up in his mama's house and he thinks the whole world is looking at him living up in his mama's house. And the way I look at it is be grateful you still have a mama who has a house and you have a house to live in because if you're a single dad and you have two kids and your mother wasn't there, God forbid, where would you be right now? So I don't think the world as according to his feelings and everyone's entitled to their own feelings. I don't think the world is looking at you like, oh my God, this 30 something year old man is um living up in his mother house and who cares about that am i wrong so but like i said everyone has their own feelings everyone feel a way about something or something else and that's your own it's not my problem guys and that's what i've learned for the past year and a half and continue to go a lot of things are not my problem. They're your problem. You know what I mean? So to say that I am not going to take on that problem. I'm not going to take on other people's problems. I sympathize, empathize, whatever the case may be, you know, support you. But I just can't because everyone has their own life to live and their own problems to deal with, right? So back to the story. So, um, you know, this cousin is, um, I don't know. It's like, I've had so many conversations with him. Um, I have another cousin that lives here who is a male figure and who he's kind of like, half in, half out on the brink with that cousin. And the bottom line is that I feel like both of us have been pretty supportive in regards to helping him. Um, I've helped him in the past with his resume. And recently I was helping him update his resume as well, right? But you know when you are like in a funk and everything that you're doing is not working out and you feel even more funkier, that's what was happening to him, guys. And I think when he came over my house to finalize his resume and stuff, I was telling him about, you know, you know, get out of the warehouse situation and go into corporate America or change fields or something. And he he felt like uplifting and whatever. And out of the blue, 
you know, um, he came over one night and, um, I was just watching TV and, um, you know, he was in the dining room finishing up his resume and, um, I can tell, you know, I am very intuitive guys and this is going to sound real bad, but it, it is what it is. And something just told me, you know, my, my, my intuition just told me that I needed to sage my house before he comes over because I can tell that he was in a funk. And when you're in a funk, you're like bringing that little negative energy a little bit. And something just told me to sage the house, but I didn't. So he came over the house and I, and, and I, I heard like a thump and I was like, oh my God, did he like crash the car into my garage or something? So when I opened the door, I was like, did you hit the car into my garage? And he looked like, no, cause I was like, I felt like the house shook or something, you know, something, something, something happened. So, but it wasn't the garage or anything, but something did make the house shake. I don't know what. So, or maybe it was a mini earthquake. I, it just coincidentally when he pulled up, I felt it also, or maybe I'm, or I don't know. I just don't know. So when I opened the door, I can sense that he was in a kind of a funk, right? So, you know, I just let him be something, just say, let him be. And I was just in the family room, just watching TV and then in the midst of it all, he was playing his music, doing his thing. And I can tell he's really in a funk, but I'm just going to let him be right. If he needs me, he can, you know, you know, not too far away. You can ask me anything or what have you. And then I, I, I want to say it was an hour in or something. He's like, so Lisa, aren't you going to, um, what did he say? He said, Lisa, aren't you going to um, hook me up or something to that effect with a job at your workplace? And I was, and I did, I, I stopped. And I don't think that was exactly his words. I think his words were, are you going to, no, he said, are there any jobs at your workplace? Are there any jobs? Are are they hiring at your workplace? That's what he said. Are you hi are they hiring at your workplace? And I paused. And I thought about it. And I'm gonna tell you why I paused. But I paused long enough for him to make another comment. And the other comment was kind of I think very sarcastic and he was like oh another black person not looking out for another black person and that's when I I kind of like lost it and not lost it to the point that I lost it to the point like I stood there not stood because I was seated and watching TV but I sat there and I was like in my mind WTF or WTH what the hell and I sat there contemplating if I should say something or should I let it go 
And all I did was just sit there and said, and said to myself, you got a lot of nerve. Where is this coming from? I didn't even answer. But you're in such a funk and feeling such a way. I just helped you in so many ways, right? And was that warranted? So it's like, am I wrong for not answering? Because I did answer and I said, no, I'm sorry, guys. I did answer eventually and I said, I I did miss a part. I am so, okay, so I said, you would have to apply. You would have to apply. So he didn't like that response. And that's when he came back with the another black person comment, right? So I ponder on it, was watching TV, ponder on it, watching TV, ponder on it. Bless you. And um, I got up and I went around about way from my kitchen to, so I would be facing him in the um, dining room. And I said to him calmly, low key, key, this is very important, very calmly, low key. And I said, I heard what you said. And his response was, I know you did. And in my mind, I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And I won't get into the other details of it, but at that point it escalated to when it was like a shouting match going back and forth. And looking back at it now, I can say I should have just said, okay, but I've been on this earth long enough to know, and if people have been around me long enough to know, they will say, Lisa, why did you say this? Or, oh my gosh, this happened. And I always tell people it happened for a reason. It's a reason it played out the way that it did because some true feelings came up in there. And then somewhere in the midst of that um, little argument, I mentioned the other cousin's name and he was like, why are you mentioning that cousin's name? And I said, because... I think that you feel a way that you think both of us are, are, um, what's the right word? Both of us are making it and you're not. And he said somewhere along the point that I'm treating him like a stranger. So that's why I wanted to talk about the referral, right? And the job referral. Put yourself in my shoes. I don't want you, I just want you to hear both sides. You're not really hearing it from his mouth, but I'm being as closely honest as possible um, what his version is, right? And I really wish he was a guest on the show so he can speak his truths um, as well. But the bottom line is that um, what do you do, guys, If you know deep down that, and I even mentioned it to him in our argument, I said to him, the reason why I didn't, the reason why I didn't answer him or give him a full answer initially was because I just had a talk with him the night before, the night before he asked me the same question, kind of like similar, same question. 
And I was giving him tips and I was telling him what to do. But then it's like you forget everything that I said and then you're coming back with the same question again. So it was like, uh, and then when I was helping you with the resume, somehow he had in his mind that I was going to do it for him. But Lisa has wised up. I have wised up, guys. Here is the thing. I'm not helping you unless you can help yourself. And when I did the resume the last time, I think I did it for him, right? And and so he had the old one. So while, while he wanted to update it, he was making comments about the old resume like it was a bad thing. And I was like, oh my gosh. Number two, by me letting him do his own resume so that way he gets in the practice of doing it, right? I realized that his computer skills were not up to par. And I told him that. Here, here's the thing. I have straight up conversations with, with, with this guy. You, you know what I mean? So we don't hold back when we're talking. So the point is that I said, during this time when you're not working, I would highly suggest that you go down to the library because it's free. They have free Wi-Fi or take your computer to McDonald's or somewhere where they have free Wi-Fi or something and you learn some computer skills. I even gave him a, um, an online school that the cost is so low that he can go and take up some courses. I told him that he needs to practice his computer skills because he was not familiar with the keyboard and not feeling comfortable typing. And in this day and age, you need to be able to type at every single job. So my question to you guys is, if you had a family member or a very good friend and you know their skills weren't up to par, would you still go and refer them to a job where you work or somewhere else where you know that they um, wanted someone? Here is the thing, guys. I'm not taking coins or money out of anyone's pockets. I know that any change or corporate job will be helpful for him, but it came up in the argument. I, you know, I, I won't get into details, but it was like he felt a way that I wasn't helping him by referring to him. And somewhere, somewhere at the beginning of the argument, I stopped and I said, okay. I'll refer you. But the managers or anybody at any company is still going to tell you to apply. He didn't like that response. And he was pretty much saying to me, like, how can you just tell me to apply? You still can say something. And I said to him, yes, you're right. You know what? I am going to say something, but at that point, he wasn't even hearing me, guys. He wasn't even hearing me because he wanted me to say that at the beginning. But here is what I was thinking. Your past five or six jobs, you have lost or gotten into altercations or something. You were doing so good in school, in a dream schooling, um, what do you call it? A class, a skill that you really, really wanted to do. And right when you were close to the end, you got kicked out of the school. You joined another school and you got kicked out of it to the point that you can't apply again in Georgia. You have to go to another state. So 
all of this and let's say I refer you and you don't get, and I said it to him. I said, let's say I refer you and you get a job and you feel a way and you're going to have a fight with someone where I work. How would that look on me? So then he didn't like that because it was like, oh, you're concerned about your reputation. I said, you know what? It's not even so much about the reputation because I know my reputation stands on its own. You understand me? But whether it's my workplace or another family's workplace or somewhere else and I am referring you, they're going to look at me and I don't think he grasped that. And, and, and guys, I'm sorry to say this next part. That's why education is important. What I told him is the same thing I told my son. I will tell anybody, education is important, okay? And I would say even the mature folks like the grandparents now, great-grandparents, they're on social media. They're texting, they're typing because you know what? You don't like it to be on social media, but you know that's where your grandkids are. You know that's where the rest of the family is. You know you have to stay up with the the stuff that's going on around you. Otherwise, you'll be lost. You know what I mean? So it's like, out of love, I was saying these things, but it didn't come across as love. And to the point that I had to ask him to leave my house and, you know, and... Then I called his mother and told him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Then I called his mother and told his mother. So then his mother revealed something else. But the point is that um, we haven't spoken since. Um, uh, you know, just a matter of just one of us, you know, you know, talking and breaking the ice and what have you. But the bottom line is that, you know, we left out with, you know, peace, peace out or whatever. I wished him all the best. I honestly wish him all the best because I really want him to turn his life around. I really want him to be successful. He's never been to corporate America. And then he's, and then I said to him somewhere along the point, nobody has helped me. Everything that I've done, I've done it on my own, except for the beginning of the part, like when I was younger, right? So his response was, so just because you had a heart doesn't mean you can't help someone. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, oh my goodness. So then it brought me to a, another story that I wanted to tell you guys of, of, um, a lady that I knew who was working with this top, top, top executive guy, and they knew each other from a previous company And what she revealed to me several years ago is that even though she was in the transition period and needed a job and the guy thought about her, right? Um, They had a conversation. They had a conversation before she started the job to say, you know, let's not partake with social media take my name off everything. So it's kind of like, you know me, I value you and everything, but I don't want people to know that we're connected. Long story short, everyone knew they were connected, but the bottom line was that they took the precautions 
So people, you know, people are nosy, you know, people are going to dig and find stuff, but people knew that they worked together and that he referred her. That's it. They were not dumb enough to leave up their social media accounts or their party scenes and all that kind of stuff. They made it very, very professional. So then my question to you guys are, when you refer someone or if you have referred someone, did you have that talk? Because I I feel like, let's say situations were, you know, dealt a little bit better. And I said right off the bat, sure, cousin, I'll refer you. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm just being funny. Sure, I'll refer you. And then knowing his background and everything, I would have to have a talk with him. I really would. I would have to say, don't discuss my business with anyone. And part of me want to say, don't even let anyone know that we're related, except for HR. But it's like... um, Am I the only one that feels that way that a lot of people are having conversations even though they refer each other, especially if you're going to be working that close in the vicinity with that other person? Now, let's say it's the other way and you refer someone, but they're in a completely different building and you don't work in that building anymore. Then I still think you need to have that conversation to say, hey, even though I'm not working there anymore, respect my privacy, don't disclose too much, right? And it's like every executive, at least the women that I have met lately that have climbed the corporate ladder, every single one, I would say 99.9% of them have said they've gotten the job because of a, of a referral. Now, mind you, even though they were referred, I've heard stories where some of them had went through rigorous interviews. So it's not the buck doesn't stop at us referring them. You still have to prove yourself. You know what I mean? You still have to prove yourself with the company. And that's the thing now of people networking and referring people. But at the same time, it's a... It's a, um, it's a respect thing. It's a, I'm going to refer you, even though we're not going to be working in close vicinity or maybe at a different company, but I looked out for you, you look out for me kind of thing. And then you ask yourself, well, I'm not good at networking. I'm really not. I know a lot of people, but I'm not really good at going out there and networking like that to get a position. However... How do you go about that? Some of the tips I've learned along the way is that they say, like, let's say I've worked with Jack and Jill out of two previous companies, and I know their work ethic and their work style, and I see a position in a different department or something, and I know they're looking for something. A, you can reach out to your ex-pairs and you can say, hey, there's a position at X company or something. I really think you'd be a good fit for that. Or B, if you're on the other foot and you don't know anybody or friends or anything or anyone because you don't like networking either, you can go on LinkedIn. And that's what I was saying to my cousin. 
you need to go on LinkedIn, create a profile. Every, that's the first thing that I did when I moved to Georgia. I didn't even know about LinkedIn. One of my cousins who um, is very big in the corporate world in Atlanta before I moved here, he mentioned it and I jumped on it and created it. I didn't even think it was such a big thing at the time. That's one of the places where a lot of recruiters. So the bottom line, guys, is that I was giving my cousin, I do love him, and I was giving him tough love. And I was giving him tips, telling him what to do. And it was like I was talking to him and he was like fading in and out. It was like, and I I think at some point I said to him, this is not funny. This is not a joke. I mean, so that brings me back to my original statement when I started this episode to say, at some point, you're going to have to do things on your own. At some point, you're going to have to want better. At some point, it's all going to start with you. You're going to have to be that driving force. And I looked at him and I'm like, this is not the olden days where people hand you a job and say, Oh, yeah, sure. You're my family member. I'm going to give you a job. And I said to him, if I have my own company, you know, where I'm making money and I can hire you, sure. But right now, that's not even happening yet. You know what I mean? And it's like, I feel for him because I really want him to to succeed. But you're also telling me that you're not meant to work with people you're not meant for the corporate world. You're meant to be more free spirit. And I'm like, what the hell? So what exactly do you want? You know what I mean? We all have to conform and work to get the money. And then when you get the money, you save your money and then go and do your own thing. But if you don't have the money, you can't be talking crazy and talking all this extra noise because I think it's noise at this point. You need something and what your need is right now is a job so you can bring money in so you can take care of your family, right? So my thing is that put aside all this extra noise, extra thing about people looking at you, people think this or whatever. You have a goal in mind, you go out there and get yours and you don't care what people think. You do a good job, yes. But all this extra, extra thing, and I know it's different for a woman versus a man, trust me. And I know it's even more different for a black woman versus a black man. I totally get that, guys. But at the same time, I think what escalated the argument was that I was talking generally and I said something about, you know, something about ambition and he lost it and he was just like, you know, you know, thought that I was saying he needs, and, but hey, here's the thing. The drive has to be with you. I cannot hold your hand. You know what I mean? I cannot hold your hand all the way through. Nobody's a baby right now. Everybody is grown. You know what I mean? You're going to have to want that fight. You're going to have to have that drive. You know what I mean? To get what you want, stick with it, do what you have to do. There's so many people that are younger, 
and they have that drive and they're working four or five jobs and they're very successful right now. Hey, I don't know what motivates you. I don't know what drives you. But the point is that it's all you. You will have to determine that you're going to have to figure that out. All these people can help you and talk to you and whatever. But if it doesn't click and you don't feel it or get it, then your situation is not going to change. It's going to be the same until you change your mindset. And what a lot of people don't realize is that we block our own success. I think that's for another episode, but we block our own success. We block a lot of things from working out. That's like saying that you're running a marathon or you're running in the Olympics or you're running a a hurdle race or something and you're so close to the finish line and bam, boom, you fall down or you start limping or you start walking. Guys, this episode, once again, is not to put down anyone, but to just put it out there and say, there are situations that come to us um, or people are feeling some kind of funk and they want to put that funk on you. And you just have to remember that it's not your problem, it's their problem. Um, I'm okay that... um, with the situation. I think we're both okay with the situation as far as we said what we had to say. And um, I'm okay knowing that I did my part and I helped you and I did what, you know, to support you. And sometimes listening is supporting as well. But you are behind the driver's seat right now and you have to drive your own career and what have you. Um, As far as I know, he has not applied. So, like I said, um, you know, you can only do but so much. And I'm okay. But I just wanted to tell you guys that story to say that, you know, people ask you to do stuff for them. And then I don't know what they're expecting. And I think lesson learned is to ask them, what do you expect to get from this? I get it that it's a job, but what do you want to, you know what I mean? I, like I said, I think of things differently and I just wanted to share with you guys to say, what would you do in that situation? I mean, yeah, there are some things that could have been done differently but um, I hope that you guys got something from this in case if someone comes and asks you for a referral and in a situation like this or someone that doesn't have a good job history, what would you do? You know, um, I think if anyone is in this situation and you're currently not working, I would say to up your skills and make yourself the best resume and the best portfolio portfolio ever because the job market is very, very competitive and you have to look at it as what's going to make me stand out from the next candidate? What am I bringing to the table? Um, So it's not just about getting that referral. It's about 
knocking it out in the interview and also in the job, you know, making it work towards whatever you want in regards to your goals. I hope that you guys enjoyed this um, wrenching episode, like teeth clittering episode. Um, It's real life. It's real life reality. And just want to put it out there. Um, but I will I'll keep you guys updated in the near future, like what the outcome and situation is of everything. But, you know, you guys are listening to me, Lisa Waldron on Go10 Lisa. Remember that you can find me with a new episode on any podcast app just by typing in Go, the number 10, L-I-S-A, all one word, Go10 Lisa. Guys, I hope that you guys enjoyed the rest of this beautiful Friday, wherever you are, and have a wonderful weekend. Until next time, peace, love, bye.